0: Everybody. we hope you enjoyed listening to fruitcake um, this week's episode of we liked you first i am now joined by the writer herself charlie belusa hi
1: patrick how's it going
0: that's going good charlie we're so excited to have you on our podcast and it's been such a joy to work with you this whole last week on all the cool stuff that we got to do
1: yeah i was delighted to work with you guys too so thank you for having me this has been just an absolute pleasure
0: Oh, you've been such a pleasure to work with like you know a lot of times we we work with the writer as as closely as we can but we had such a privilege of having you at all the rehearsals and at the recording session and having you just there was such a was such a it was just such it was so much fun um the cast um they just told me how much they loved you and how much they loved working with you and they raved about your work and there were a couple of the cast members who didn't get to work on it that told me that they were really jealous that they didn't get to work on the piece. So we're going to have to have you again to fix that.
1: (laughs) We can send another one.
0: Absolutely.
1: It's always a good sign when you feel like you got really lucky to do something and the people who allowed you to do it are like, we're really lucky that we got you to do this. So I think it works out well for everybody that you guys had as much fun as I did.
0: I know. I mean, like, it was like it, it really was kind of like you know being let loose like free like you know let loose in a candy shop and and you know getting to you know just to dive right into everything you wanted and something just fun about your work was it was just so delightful it was like this it was a it was just it's one of those things where you just pick it up and from beginning to end you find you find more and more of what you like and it's it, it was just Going back to the candy analogy, it was just kind of yummy, <laughs>
1: um, I you say.
0: which I, oh, you did such a wonderful job and we're just really excited to get a chance to talk with you and get to know you better. Um, so Charlie, um, just for our listeners, um, let's kind of talk about you a little bit. Where are you from?
1: I am currently stationed in Salt Lake City, although okay. I am a Zoom student in California, so I will be moving out there soon. I am studying the performing arts, and I love it, and it is amazing, Um, but I also have a really good life here in Salt Lake City, so I figured if I get a couple extra quarters to spend with my friends and family, even though I didn't really get to see any of them, um, (laughs) I may as well stay here where I have a room already.
0: No, I totally get you. It's it's been pretty crazy because of COVID. Not a lot of people have, you know, been able to, you know, be with each other, even though distance isn't usually isn't necessarily an issue but because of the pandemic we have been a little more separate over the last year than a lot of us would have liked yeah it's still nice to be in a place that you call home
1: i agree and i'm also really glad that i'm living through the 2021 pandemic instead of the 1920 pandemic where there was no zoom or internet or netflix or anything that's kept me alive for the last year
0: I would say we are actually quite fortunate. You're absolutely right. We have DoorDash and we've, <laughs> had, we've got delivery and we've got the things to entertain us. Man, what did those people do? Did they watch, like, did they watch paint dry? <laughs> or did they <laughs> watch grass grow on their lawns? Sit around
1: and wait for your milk and ice deliveries, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's
0: not me. Oh my goodness. I, I totally understand that um are you a salt lake city native or did you were you born and raised there
1: i am not a native i've lived here for about nine years now i grew up in idaho but i haven't been back much lately because i'm happy in utah and my friends are here and my life is here and it's good
0: very cool i i got my degree um in Rexburg, idaho so i love the state of idaho um and, but I also have tons of families spread throughout Utah and, and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a nice area. So I don't blame you for wanting to stay.
1: Yeah. I spent a um, summer in Rexburg, Idaho. Oh, cool. It was a blast. I was cool. in a play up at BYU, Idaho, and I pretty much just hung out with the cast for an entire summer. They spent all their time at my apartment because I was off campus. And so they didn't have to abide by all the rules. So it was just like a summer straight of everybody chilling at my house.
0: That's super cool. What play did you work on while you were up in Rexburg?
1: I was in Annie.
0: That is super cool. Um, Did you, were you, so you were in the play?
1: It was in the play and that was the summer I decided I have no interest in acting. I don't.
0: (laughs) That's fun. What, what part did you play in Annie?
1: I was Miss Hannigan.
0: That is super cool. (laughs) I mean, like if you're going to play any role in, in Annie, what a role to play.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> that one and
0: Annie are the ones that are coveted. <laughs> That's true. You know, nobody really else thinks about all the other characters you know throughout throughout the play. And and one of those characters, if I'm not mistaken, is the president. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's either your Annie or Miss Hannigan or, or nothing. <laughs> so in a lot of people's minds, I guess they they don't really think about the opportunity to play other roles. So that's kind of cool. You had the opportunity to, to perform and you said you don't really have much of an interest in, in performing at all.
1: Yeah, I just realized that there are so many actors out there that are more talented than I am. And I would rather sit back and enjoy their work and do what I feel like I'm good at than try to keep up with everybody else doing something that I'm not great at. So that's why I sent you guys my script and let your talented <laughs> team take over instead of trying to record anything myself.
0: <laughs> i mean i i totally understand that um i used to be i used to be like a really heavily involved actor um myself and it was a few years ago that i kind of slipped out of the acting game as well because i found that i had more joy um doing other things just in really in, in working with them and and participating in a in a more behind the scenes kind of a of a way well, um and by letting other people who were incredibly talented have the spotlight and do do that fun thing, as long as I got kind of got to have my hands on it just a little bit and, and play along, it, I found a lot more satisfaction out of that myself as well. So that's kind of cool. I get that. Um, but you're a wonderful writer. Um, where did you where did you get the the writing bug from? And where and how did that start?
1: Um. So I believe I was in the second grade when my school had a children's book author come and read to my class. And then he took us into the library and walked us through like a writing workshop for 10 year olds. Um, And it was like the coolest thing I'd ever done. He had us make a list of words related to potatoes because we were in Idaho. So what else are we going to do? And then he (laughs) set us loose with pens for like 10 minutes and told us to write whatever we wanted about any of the words from our brainstorm. And at the end of 10 minutes, he was like, all right, let's put down our pens and anyone who wants to read can read what they've written. And I was like, I'm not putting down my pen. I'm not done <laughs> yet. I'm going to do this forever. I still have so many words to use.
0: That is so cool. What do you remember? What it, what the piece ended up being about or yes. was that too long ago?
1: No, I do. I still have it in a, in a binder somewhere, I think. Um, it was about a potato named Chip who was trying to welcome the two new tomatoes in his class and make them feel like they belonged in his school.
0: That sounds like a story that I would love to read today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. That is, that is so cool. I, I wish, man, I wish I had experiences like that when I was in elementary school doing cool things. That's so cool. Um, and so you started off writing these really, really fun short stories. Do you still write do you still write short stories? Is that something you still enjoy doing?
1: Um, I do. I, I still write prose a little bit, but I found that I really enjoy the collaboration of writing for performance. I like to watch other people bring the words to life in a way that I cannot on my own. So even though I like writing like short little journal entries or essays or short stories, I, I still enjoy it, but I would much rather write something that someone else can read and act and bring to life.
0: That's really cool. When was the first time that you ever started working on, you know, writing for performance and bringing that to life? When did you start that collaboration?
1: Um, I wrote a skit for a school project when I was like 15. I don't know if that counts. And then when I auditioned for Annie, I couldn't find a monologue for my audition that I liked. So I just wrote one and then performed that in my audition that and it so out okay cool. I guess because
0: I got the part um and then um, <laughs> I'm, I'm and then just later, I'm sorry I just have to stop right there that is so bold as because I'm just coming from my my acting background I was told to never do <laughs> to do things like that and the fact that you did it and got the part I think that is <laughs> like that is like straight like, theatrical gangster. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if
1: anyone had known that I just wrote it, I would not have been welcomed with open arms. But I couldn't find anything I liked, so I did what I had to do.
0: So, Charlie, when you, when you wrote it, what did you do when you presented the piece to the audition, like, to the auditors? Did you say... Hello, I'm Charlie, and this is written by Charlie. And then did you just kind of like mumble under your breath? So, like, they didn't know that it was, they're like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Or did you just kind of do the piece and they didn't ask any questions? And you were like, ha, yeah.
1: gotcha. Yeah, I just skipped all of the professionalism. I didn't introduce the piece or the writer. <laughs> I just jumped right into the dialogue. And then when I was done, I sat down and they didn't call me back up. So, I was golden.
0: That. <laughs> I think I think every actor who maybe by chance listens should just listen to how you pulled that off because that would, <laughs> that's really epic. <laughs> you may not have interest in acting, but I gotta say you're probably a really really good actor. <laughs> so my hat's I tip my hat to you. <laughs>
1: I, I don't recommend this, by the way. If you are listening, I, don't try this at home. I I don't think it would work.
0: She's a professional. <laughs> I mean
1: I wasn't professional. I, I skipped all of the introductory stuff that I was supposed to do and they just didn't call me on it.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna say I'm i I'm very impressed. That was that's pretty awesome. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to, um, to interrupt you what you were saying, but that I was just gonna say that's a really cool little story. Do you I would love to read that that monologue if if you would ever send that to me. But uh, um, that's if you really have cool. a way
1: to access floppy disks, I can send it. Oh. Otherwise, we're all in trouble.
0: Darn it! Yeah. <laughs> the era of the floppy disk—it's right. uh, an old, bygone era. But <laughs> I, my, that that relic of history um, is out there. <laughs> so, congratulations on getting that role with such a bold <laughs> yeah. power play. um pretty amazing um but I'm sorry you you talked about how you had written your own monologue and how you used that to get into a play what other what other stuff did you did you do to to write that helped you get into writing for performance and, and playwriting and I'm not sure if you do screenwriting or anything like that but or have you done anything like that before
1: um I am doing screenwriting now yeah so I stopped writing for performance for a while and just went about my life and had jobs and tried to survive, and then I went to school a few years ago as an undergraduate at Utah Valley, and I took an introductory theater course because it seemed fun and I thought it would help me warm up to the idea of going back to school, and at the end of the semester we had to write 10-minute plays, and then the professor chose a bunch of them for us to act, and he chose mine because it had enough parts for a lot of my classmates to act in, but seeing people up on stage reading my words. And I think it was the first time that I'd ever written something specifically for the stage that was performed like that. Um, and then I was just hooked and I, I can't stop now. So
0: That's I'm studying
1: cool. playwriting and screenwriting um, as a grad student now. I'm technically a playwriting major, but my program is really versatile and you can study multitude of different things which is one of the things i appreciate about i about it um so yeah i've written a handful of pilots and i'm taking my first feature film class beginning tomorrow
0: wow that's really exciting that's like super super cool um i agree like i i love the fact that um i just i love that how you shared that um just watching people perform your work and and take your words was that like that really that hooking experience that you know, that really just kind of sucked you in. Um, it is it is really cool to to watch people bring and interpret your own work and bring it to life. Um, I had a you know I had an experience like that with a play that I wrote and it's, it is it is so magnificent. It, it feels so cool when you when you're like wow now it's real.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's 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 kind of it's kind of breathtaking. Do you ever have that experience a little bit where you kind of forget oh that's my work um and you because it's become because it almost becomes alive in its own way
1: i i think i have that experience every time i watch something of mine be performed but i've never had it as hard as i did when i listened to the like the edited podcast that you sent me oh. from Fruitcake. <laughs> like your actors just took it and ran with it and made it something amazing uh, and i wasn't expecting that but they they were just magical
0: oh they're going to be really pleased to hear that um um they're such a wonderfully talented and just honest and hard-working group of individuals um they'll they'll really love hearing that um so thank you for saying that um i was going to ask you do you have any specific influences of of your kind of work like do you have some you know some writer that you look to for inspiration or who has inspired you in the past um in any kind of way like that
1: um I feel like I'm woefully underread when it comes to the theater (laughs) and don't tell my professors that because I don't think they would be too happy about it but I don't have a lot of playwrights that I try to emulate like a, a lot of times I'll watch plays and I'll just be like oh my god that's amazing I could never do that um, but there are a handful of of novel authors, of prose author authors that I look up to. Um, one of my favorites is a an English author named Martin Bedford. and he right. writes like r- he really leans hard into his characters. and I feel like sometimes his characters take so much focus that his stories become kind, kind of become irrelevant. Um, but I really admire his ability to develop his characters as strongly as he does there's usually a point in his books where somebody does something that i didn't see coming and it feels totally out of character except that he's developed his characters well enough that you can see why this person made this choice that at the beginning of the book you never would have imagined they'd make
0: that's cool um in college i i just remember somebody told me once that um good story doesn't happen to characters i I could be butchering this by by the way totally but he also said like good story happens because of good characters yeah and so in that sense i i really also could admire you know the guy's tenacity to develop such a a well-written character to make these these really brash and maybe very exciting things and you're like that that's out of nowhere but i can see why he did it um yeah. which which I absolutely love that's super cool um what do you have any other like you know I know you said you're a little under on your playwrights but do you have any other um you know fiction writers or any other kind of writers that kind of inspired you to write the way that you do
1: um I also really like Terry Pratchett who is Terry a comedy Pratt. writer which I think is a better example of of what you get when you read fruitcake or when you listen to fruitcake, because that's not actually my typical writing style. I feel like I generally lean into the drama and the characters, emotional aspects. Um, and this time I just kind of threw that out the window and told the story. And
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so you like to focus on, you like to focus on the more dramatic, the dramatic, the dramatic side of telling a story, a story, which is a little bit opposite of, of a fruitcake. fruitcake is fruitcake is like almost a very abridged very simplified version of history where it's kind of like this story is very honest it's very truthful about what happened but it's told in this very short very funny way um but you like to focus on the drama like what kind of what kind of stories do you like to tell and um what kind of when you explore drama what, what do you like to write about
1: Um, So one of the 10-minute plays that I've done a couple things with is a play called Robo Tricks, which is about a little kid who is losing his father, and he doesn't really know how to cope with it, and so he just decides that he's a robot now because humans are weak. And this kind of breaks his mom because now he's withdrawing while she's losing her husband, and so she's trying to bring him back into being willing to just be a kid and talk to her, and he just is... Beeping and booping around the room because he doesn't want
0: to be a human. Oh, like, I mean, like, just hearing the synopsis, like, kind of like poked my heart. I'm like, oh, wow, that's real. Wow. I mean, like, what a mature, I mean, like, what a mature subject matter. And wow, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm already kind of enamored by the idea of just, of that story, just by how you kind of told it. That's, um, that's wonderful. So if I'm if I'm understanding you correctly you kind of like to take it almost sounds like you like to take very serious situations and add almost like a and if I'm wrong please correct me it almost like you like to add maybe a small dose of absurdity to the yeah. to the moment is that maybe a, a right way of no, saying that, it
1: That's probably fair I think
0: and I wouldn't say maybe it helps maybe I would maybe how do I say it maybe it helps um, alleviate a little bit of the drama because you know it's such an absurd little thing that having a character walk around maybe as a acting as a robot but it still shows the the very you know the very serious effect of what they're of what they're going through I think that's such a I think that's such a great idea of approaching things like that Thank um wow I I, that's really cool I I, as a writer myself I, I just think that's such a cool way of approaching it um that's wonderful. I'm, I'm kind of just fanboying right now <laughs> because I, I, I like, I just like talking about this kind of stuff. Um, um, in regards to subject matter, um, when you write, is there anything like you like to tackle in, you know, is there certain subjects you like to tackle? Do you like to, do you like to focus on stories like you just talked about with the robot kid, um, where it's, a, it's like a, it's maybe, it's maybe a, specific life kind of a thing where it's you know you know somebody passes away or do you like to do you like to handle maybe um social issues do you like doing satire um is there anything like that you like to approach in your writing as well
1: i really like looking at the point where humans break where like something is so overwhelming that what you expect of them completely falls apart i studied psychology as an undergrad because I wanted to kind of understand how people work. And in studying psychology, I just learned that there's not really a rule about anything. Like we're all just our own brand of crazy and there's no explanation (laughs) for why we do what we do. Um, But I really like exploring how a character will handle those moments where everything just kind of falls apart. And again, like all of the things I'm telling you about what I like to write, don't fit with fruitcake at all. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but that was totally an exception to my normal writing style and my normal subject matter. Um, I just felt like it was such an absurd story that it had to be told. So many of the people that I talk to have no idea that this happened and some of them can't even believe after I say, this is the thing that happened. Like they just refuse to believe it. And so I had to tell the story.
0: Well, I think it's so funny where you where you mentioned like you like to kind of study where people break. If you want to get into the fruit, if you want to get to the fruitcake of the matter, <laughs> I mean, Albrecht and Ernst were going to die on that hill that they were going to get yeah. that butter. <laughs> um, if you want to talk about people breaking, I mean, the guys waited five years to get a letter back from the Pope yeah. so that they could cook with butter. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, To some people, that is a breaking point. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think that's probably true. I would
0: uh, definitely. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, you're fine. Um, There are different sources for the story. Like, I'm not sure which one is the most historically accurate, but some stories say that they wrote the letter over the span of like 40 years and three different popes died between them sending the first (laughs) letter and getting a response back. And again, like, not all of the stories stretch it over that length of time. So I just kind of used, uh, like, the happy medium of all of the sources. But, like, this is a weird situation for anybody to be in, to be writing that many letters and waiting that long for a response. Um, so, yeah, I think calling it a breaking point is probably fair, because let us use butter, man.
0: <laughs> gosh damn it, it's we just want the butter (laughs) of one thing we want it's just butter oh my goodness (laughs) but i would say in its own in its own right it's on brand with the things that you like to write with gosh darn it we need butter and then it ends with another breaking point um i need a sausage roll (laughs) these men just happen to think very strongly with their stomachs (laughs) um which is very funny um but oh i love that you studied psychology um and that you have a background in understanding the way the mind the human mind works um how can we just dive into that just a little bit more like what are what are some of the things that you've learned that you utilize in your writing that you that you learned from psychology what are some of the big things like if you have a couple
1: Um, I really feel like the strongest lesson I learned is that not everyone reacts to anything the same way. Um, So you you can't come up with a rule of thumb for most things because everyone is a little bit different. Um, Which I think gives me freedom as a writer because I can make a character behave any way they want to. And people can tell me that it doesn't work that way. And I'm like, oh, well, here's one case study from 1947 that proves you wrong. I can write this if I want to. Um, but also there are a lot of cool stories from history that from psych- psychology history that I probably will tackle at some point, just because like some of the stuff that people did while they were trying to research how the human brain works is just insane. Like, I think the people who were studying psychology and studying the mind were crazier than any of the people that they studied, which probably is still true to today, um, but yeah so let's talk about it and let's write about it and let's explore it because it is also absurd
0: that's really cool have you so you mentioned that you want to you want to tackle a subject in the future what subjects have you already have you already written about um like in the past i guess there are any specific like psychological cases where you're like i'm going to write about that because it's just so interesting
1: um I haven't written anything creatively. I've written several academic papers as a student. Um, Nothing that I'm terribly proud of because it's not really what I like to do. Um, (laughs) But I, I would really like to tell the story of the guy who had a pole lodged through his brain and it changed him, but he didn't die. And everyone talks about how different his personality was once he had a pole through his head because um, that's an amazing story and even if you just use it as like the jumping off point for a different character i think that like there's no way you can write about that and not have a cool story right i mean
0: like you're totally right i mean i've heard that i've heard of that that particular case and you're right you don't have to tell that exact story you know for it to be an interesting story but if you used it you're right if you use it just as a as a as a jumping off that's that's a really exciting i mean a very exciting um prospect for a story. Yeah.
1: And his name is Phineas Gage, in case anyone listening or watching wants to look him up. Because it is a true story and it is bizarre.
0: And it's pretty cool. <laughs> Except for the fact that he was a completely different person after that. It might be really sad. <laughs> but but it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, if
1: I'm remembering correctly, he was not a better person after that.
0: oh that's even sadder. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Um, well, that's really cool. Um I hope I didn't interrupt you earlier. Did you have any other, you, I'm sorry, you already said you you haven't re- tackled any of them yet, um, but you've written academic papers. Um, but I, I hate writing academic papers. <laughs> there's, there's no joy in writing an academic paper <laughs> for me.
1: Maybe if you could choose the subject and write about something that you really love. But generally when a professor says this is the thing that you have to write about, and it has to be this long, and it has to be using all of these sources, then it's not going to be that much fun. Like, let me find my own sources. Let me learn something that we don't already know, that we didn't study in class.
0: I I agree with that. Um, I, I, Man, I I feel the same way. (laughs) I I have done some cool presentations on on subjects that I'm really interested in, but you're right. It's it's not as fun when they're kind of just – they put you within like the, I guess, between the two guideposts. And they're like, okay, go, <laughs> just kind of follow the, follow the rail. And you're yeah. like, oh boy, writing <laughs> this little paper. Um, but yeah, it's kind of fun. Do you ever see yourself just, you, this is a question about your psychology background. Do you ever see yourself using your playwriting and psychology like hand in hand in a way of like, yeah um because like there's like such things as um um like you know dramatic therapy for people using like theater do you ever see yourself using your degree your background in psychology to do things like that or do you plan on just kind of moving forward to tell stories um and and for more entertainment does that make sense did i put yeah. that question <laughs> no it
1: absolutely makes sense um i don't have the education required to do like a theater therapy program so it would okay. certainly require more training but at this point i am pursuing the writing side of my life um cool. far more than the psychology side
0: but switching gears i wanted to just kind of talk about fruitcake um i know you mentioned that you did a you did a handful of research and that this is a true story how did you hear about this this historical event about um, these two, these two ro- members of German royalty trying to get butter from the Pope. How did you hear this story?
1: So as an undergrad, I took a handful of German classes because my father is German and I never learned the <laughs> language. And I, I thought it would be like an honor to my father to learn his language and be able to speak to him in his mother tongue. Um, and in one of my German classes, my professor assigned me a presentation on German holiday traditions. And so my go-to approach to this was I'm going to go downtown to the German grocery store and I'm going to buy a loaf of Stollen because I remember that always being around at Christmas when I was little and like what college student doesn't want free food, right? So if I take this loaf of bread into my class, it's easy. eh? So I went downtown, I bought this Stollen and then I went home and looked into the history of it and why it's a Christmas dish so that I would be able to tell people and tell my class, like, this is the history of why the Germans celebrate Christmas with stolen And I read this story about these two brothers having to write the Pope for permission to use butter. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. Obviously, th- <laughs> this is not true. And so I checked a couple of other sources and everything I read was like, and then these two brothers wrote a letter and by the end of it, I just was amazed that this is a piece of history that I had never learned because it's too funny and amazing for history teachers to not <laughs> tell their students this. Right? Like every seventh grader on the planet would love history if you told stories like this. So I started calling people that I knew. Like I called my dad and I was like, Hey Dad, did you know the history of Stolen? And he said, No, what do you mean? And so I told him this story and he said, No, I had no idea. Um and then I went to school and I did this presentation on German holiday traditions. And my professor, after the presentation, said, is that really true, what you said about Stolen? I've never heard that before. And I was like, yeah, these are all of my sources. It's a true story. And she said, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. Um, and then I fed them Stolen and I got an A and it was fine. But like then I still have this amazing story that nobody knows about and I have to tell it. So I put it into my spreadsheet of story ideas that I will someday write somehow. And I didn't know at the time if it would be fiction or nonfiction or what I was going to do with it. Um, And then this fall I had an opportunity to write a 10 minute play for a competition. And I went through my spreadsheet and saw Stolen and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write a 10 minute play about that bread because it is about time everybody hear that story.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I love the fact that, oh my gosh, well, first of all, I love the fact that your German your German father didn't even know, <laughs> didn't know the history yeah. behind this behind this uh, this and stolen, I imagine is just is just very similar to fruitcake. cake. Um, um, it's
1: a lot more yeah. bready than cakey. So okay. a lot of Americans I think probably wouldn't like it because <laughs> we make our treats with a lot more sugar than the rest of the world.
0: We sure do. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, also not recommended to try that at home. We could maybe cut back. But um, for a bread, it is amazing. And sometimes they put marzipan in it. The, the I love marzipan. Awesome. Um, yeah. So it's delicious. It's just not something that people in the U.S. would think of as this amazing Christmas dish. Um, right. Unless you know the history of it or you've, you have you've celebrated with it as a child.
0: I um I I actually lived in Germany for 2 years. Um I served a you know a religious mission there and I learned the language and I learned a couple of you know interesting you know story facts about you know food and in places that I lived and um, I love marzipan and I really wish I had come out of out of out of that <laughs> with more stories like this cuz this is amazing. Um and I I was going to say if that teacher found out that you wrote a monologue <laughs> for an audition um and got the part and it wasn't from anything she might have more reason to question <laughs> your sources but the fact that you come back with all of these sources and every single source refers back to this story about these two brothers writing you know a letter to the pope so they could use butter <laughs> i mean i would make it a christmas event like dang it we finally got it This is now Christmas. This is what we do during Christmas. We eat this. You're welcome. You know, (laughs) I can imagine it being a pretty big deal after such such an ordeal. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think when the royalty goes to bat for you to get you permission to do something you haven't had permission to do, you take it. He's going to give you this gift. We'll use
0: butter in everything. Everything. You have butter forever, <laughs> but only in groups of six, though, right? You right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was that also specifically written in the sources, or was that like a funny detail that you decided, oh, this will be funny? Um, that was
1: in about half of the sources. Oh,
0: my gosh. <laughs> that yeah. makes it great, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I just, that made me just so happy <laughs> that he was, the Pope was that. I, I wonder why. I just, I have to know why only six people could partake. Yeah,
1: could there are out? a lot of logical links in this story that are missing for me that I would love to know the whys of. Um, but I don't know that those kinds of things are available to us anymore. They might be locked in the Vatican collecting dust but i'm not sure all of the details are things we will ever learn
0: i wonder if i man could you imagine just going to the vatican today and be like i heard the story <laughs> and i just really wanted can we just follow up on it and they're like we don't even know that story (laughs) yeah come on in (laughs) you know that might be a subject for your next play what happened in the vatican (laughs) you know why the six people we just need all of the correspondence from
1: 1486 please
0: (laughs) pope innocent the eighth (laughs) um if i'm not mistaken (laughs) oh he's got his own you know his own section let's go look (laughs) oh my goodness i i love that um one of the things that I can, I would love to comment on, just the things that I loved about it, was that, first of all, it's, it's a true story. Um, and honestly, I think the best comedy just comes from true events. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people can make up better comedy than the things that are real. Um,
1: yeah, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, I think we all have those things. And I think that's what, first of all, as soon as you know, fruitcake is a true story instantly it goes to like a 10 like an eight on the funny level if if you're on if you're like eight out of ten it instantly goes to an eight and then all the funny little things that you as a writer do you you know you break it into a 15 but (laughs) you break the scale but um first of all it's just so funny but also i just love how it's it's such a simple honesty when you and this is just my my director mind coming in is that when you want to tell someone to find the truth of it, and you want to, you know, direct them towards making it the funniest it can be, it's just a, it's a, it's such a simple truth that all the guys wanted was butter.
1: Yeah.
0: And we're like, well, why can't we have butter? We're fasting. Well, do we have to? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? I mean, like, what if we just asked him, do we have to skip out on the butter? Like, let's just ask! Let's just ask, right? And you know, and, and, it, and it's, it's just this just really fun this really great idea of just the the humor of it is is why don't we just ask (laughs) you know um and i and i loved it um Mm -hmm. i had oh sorry go for it
1: oh you you made a comment a couple times um in the readings and the rehearsals about how these were brothers who were used to getting what they wanted but still they just had to go ask dad real quick. So give me what I want because I deserve it and I always get it, but also <laughs> I'm going to go talk to dad. Um, I love that analogy because I think it's something we can all relate to of I know what that I want what I want and I know that I'm probably going to get it, but I'm still going to go check with my parents really quickly. And I I just think it's a perfect analogy for the entire story.
0: Which is also historically is brilliant too because. You go back then, you know, the Pope was the one who christened royalty pretty much like if you wanted to really get down to it who had more power was it the monarchy or was it the Pope, and so there's that huge, you know, jungle of power back in history. Anyways, and so it just, you know, it it, it fit the, it fit the analogy pretty well, um, which was so much fun. How, when you were creating your characters, how did you decide which characters were the most important and how did you decide on, a, on the cast of this story? How did you kind of create that and, and why did you make the choices that you made?
1: I am not sure I made a lot of conscious decisions when I was writing this. I just tried to write something that my six and seven-year-old nephews would enjoy watching so that I could share this ridiculous history with them. So I sat down to write and after about two pages, I went back and reread what I had written and I hated it. Um, (laughs) There's a line where they say butter makes everything better. And I was like, okay, that's sappy. I'm not going to put that much alliteration in my play. That's dumb. No one will will watch this if it's that word play. Um, And then I stared at the page for a minute trying to think of how to fix it. And I decided, no, I'm just going to lean into it. I'm just going to make it all that. I'm going to make it so hard that. (laughs) Um, and so I just leaned into it, but I don't feel like I made the decision to, to develop my characters the same way I made the decision to just lean into that humor and that wordplay. My characters just kind of evolved into what I imagined the stereotypical royalty and Pope and Baker of the time might be, which is, I cannot imagine anywhere close to accurate, Um, all of the historians can come after me now and tell me how wrong I am. I'm totally fine with that. Um, but I just thought the characters were fun and they fit my notion of who those people might have been, and they still were people that I could imagine my six year old nephew getting a kick out of.
0: That's awesome, that's absolutely wonderful. Um, I just mean, fruitcake is just such a a funny, digestible piece of theater. and I feel like you'd have to be born with a complete absence of a funny bone to not, to not enjoy it. I mean, like, I think anybody could sit down and just have a really good, you know, belly laugh out of it and enjoy the hist- enjoy the simple fact that it's 100%, and I, I say 100%, you know, with air quotes, um, 100% accurate to history. <laughs> um, and and I absolutely quotes,
1: that. that statement is accurate
0: yeah that statement is accurate you know accurate <laughs> oh and i love that um what is what is in the future for you now so you're a master's candidate um are you and you've mentioned that you've participated in 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 um writing contests and and festivals are you working on anything like that right now for any upcoming contests or are you writing, you know, to, to get anything specifically on the stage in the future? Um, do you have any planned works um, that we can expect to hear about anytime in the future?
1: Um, so I did turn fruitcake into a collection of historical shorts. So There's perhaps more? that There's becomes more? something at some point. Yeah. Okay. I, I just Googled ridiculous stories from history and then turned each of them into... A new play because apparently a lot of really funny stuff has happened that they don't tell us about. So I took all of the funny stories I could find and I turned them into theater. Um, but after that, I'm more focused on this on the screen than the stage right now because okay. I've taken some amazing screenwriting classes with some really talented professors um, who are bringing out all of the best things in me as a writer and so I'm trying to polish a couple of pilots and then I will look at competitions probably because I don't really have the connections to do anything on my own. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be my focus for a bit is the screen and I'm, I'm sure I'll come back to the stage because the theater is amazing.
0: Oh, please do. We love you. in the- <laughs> We love you in theater. <laughs> um, and all these film people out there are going to get to know you and they're going to love you too. Um, do you um have any plans on taking any of your pilots and submitting them um for consideration to like any major studios or anything like that? Do you plan on I don't know I I don't know how that process necessarily works, but do you plan on like submitting anything to be considered for actual syndication?
1: Um I don't think I am going to jump right into approaching studios. I mean I can't approach studios anyway as a person. Like I would have to have an agent. Okay. Or some kind of connection to vouch for me and I don't have those things yet. Um, but I am going to apply to a couple of fellowships of screenwriting fellowships and see what happens on that front and I will keep you guys posted.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah, we'd love to hear about all that cool stuff. Um, and best of luck to you as you do that. I hope they I hope they see what we see. I hope they see you as a wonderful writer that you are. Um they just, you know, hop on that because that's really exciting for you. Thank you. Um, just so also so our our writers um writers man i (laughs) just um (laughs) i can't word today um um so for our listeners um who have enjoyed listening to your work and want to know more is there anywhere that we can find you are you published or do you have a website or a facebook page that people can look up your work or anything at yeah
1: the fastest way to find me is probably on twitter or instagram or my website which are all charlie belusa c-h-a-r-l-i-e-b-e-l-u-s-a and it is the same name on all three of those formats
0: awesome um i'll make sure to write that down and have that you know written so people can find those names um but yeah if you guys heard that it's charlie belusa c-h-a-r-l-i-e-b-e-l-u-s-a um make sure to look up charlie and keep following her and her work and charlie it has been a huge honor to work with you um this last week and um and we're excited because we would love to have you again um and uh, i hope our our listeners you know stay tuned for that future collaboration
1: (laughs) i would love to collaborate with you guys again this was so much fun to do and just to be fair for anyone who is interested in the script of fruitcake it is not quite as good as the production of we liked you first, because those actors (laughs) really did something amazing with it. Um, They filled all of the silences with just this amazing humor. And I can't even listen to it without busting up laughing. So if you can, then good on you, I guess. I wasn't (laughs) able to make it through with a straight face.
0: Oh, thank you so much for saying that. And, and, it, it was only as good as it was because of the of the wonderful work that you provided, um, um, and a lot of people. I, I wish more people understood this who who get to work with scripts, and I hope those who have the opportunity to work on work on other people's work, and are entrusted with other people's work. I hope they they realize how much of a gift it is because we yeah we we were funny and when, uh, the cast was wonderful, but the stuff that they were able to create came from something that was already present we just pulled from between the lines of what you know what was already existing and we just you know we just showed that it was already there and i think that was just because you did such a wonderful job writing such a full complete narrative and the characters were so full and they were written so well in such a short 10 page 10 page limit you know they were able to 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 fully embody those characters because of the way you wrote them and so you know the real the real credit really starts with with you and so you know thank you for being such a wonderful writer and and then being humble enough and and kind enough to share it with us and we're we're grateful to work with people as gracious as you so thank you for for being that kind of a person and thank that you for trusting It's All us. very
1: kind of you to say. I'm not sure I have <laughs> the right words to express how much gratitude I feel. But you are very kind, and you have all been just a pleasure to work with. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you, um, our listeners. I hope you guys have enjoyed this interview with um, with Charlie Belusa. And Charlie, I hope you remember that we liked you first. We liked you first. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, everybody. Tune in next week for more for more awesome episodes.